Hey, mama. Hmm? What's an allegory? An allegory is a story with a subliminal meaning that has a political message based off the writer's moral. Ice cream truck? Of course, baby. What's going on, little man? What can I get for you? Now, for as long as I can remember, the ice cream truck been playing this same song. I bet you don't even know the origin of it, do you? Do you, Mr. Ice Cream Man? Lady, what the hell are you Allow talking about? Allow me to enlighten you, Mr. Ice Cream Man. A white man named Harry C. Brown made a racist-ass song called Nigga Level Watermelon. That was in 1916 on Columbia Records. And here you are, a hundred years later, coming through your neighborhood, playing the same fucking song. Way to go, Mr. Ice Cream Man. Wait a minute. Ain't you never Titty 69 from Tender? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to rate and review, subscribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. I don't know what it is you do on Spotify, but please go and do that. Allow me to reintroduce myself as the Shaolin of Shambles, along with the historical honcho. We're prepared to give you an hour of memorable content, hopefully something that you don't forget. It's memorable to us every single time. How's it going, my guy? It really is, man. It really is, and it's it's funny when we have technical difficulties. But I'm I, I'm gonna say this because I forgot this the last time. We really appreciate the donations that we got for that we received for the t-shirts, the No Boundaries t-shirts. We still have quite a few left. Not quite a few. I would say we're down to about forty percent. If you haven't received yours yet, I guarantee you it you, it should be arriving this this week or later this week by the time you hear this. But either way, we definitely appreciate those donations. And if you're wondering why we didn't ask for a specific price, it's because No Boundaries doesn't really, we don't really operate like that, so to speak. We kind of just want to give people the opportunity to, you know, donate for the, the free content that we try to give on a weekly basis. So at the end of the day, you donate, we can, we can get more stuff pressed up. And, you know, hopefully this is a, a marketing tool that helps us, I, I feel like it's beneficial for everybody because everybody can't donate $25 for a shirt. So people can only donate uh, $7 or $10. And once again, that's fine. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I, we, we said that before we uh, we jumped into the show. But yeah, man, memorable content. Memorable content. Let's go. That's, that's, all, I, that's all I do is make memories, man. Um, <laughs> I, I had this question and I, I mean, I understand why but I don't understand why. Why do people sign petitions and think that them signing a petition really makes such a huge difference? From from what I've understood, even since college, and that's really when I even saw colleges like floating around campus, I've always pretty much understood petitions to be a legal complaint. And everybody is just getting in on this petition to make noise, to be like, hey, this is a community problem. The college the college student body is a community, so to speak. And when they put a petition together, they're voicing their they're voicing their problem through this petition. And 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 every petition isn't necessarily 
a problem because I think that there are some petitions where, you know, and when I say a problem, I mean like something super negative. I mean, sometimes it, the petition could be something as simple as, hey, can we can we get, you know, the, the, the lines in the student parking lot striped brighter? That way the people that park at night have a better visibility of the parking stripes. You know, it, it's a problem, but it's not like something that's, oh, my God, like it's going to get a lot of pushback. It makes sense versus, you know, you coming through with a petition saying, hey, we want we want steaks on we want steaks on Friday. And they need to be high quality fucking steaks. All right, now that's a problem. <laughs> you asking for too much, man. Y'all already want free food, so now you want now you want now you want steak. You want you want the eight ounce sirloin. Nah, we can't do all that. But uh, that's to me. That's I think that's the most basic way of explaining a petition. And I think you said it best with off air. You were basically like. I mean, you can voice these issues or these problems, but at the end of the day, I don't really have to do shit about it. And I think that when it gets to that point, you you have, and, and once again, using the student body versus the administration, the administration is put in a bind because if they're not appeasing their student body, then they lose enrollment. They lose they lose money in the end. So they that's why a lot of times, at least with a petition that gets a lot of headway, you're going to get a reactionary cause, meaning they're going to do something. They may not be exactly what you want, but they're going to do something to appease you. And I guess the best way of saying it is, I mean, uh, they come to somewhat of an agreement, you know, just, just try to let, just, just try to get it to where some people are happy. Maybe not everybody's going to be happy, but some people are going to be happy. You may have wanted that six ounce sirloin, but how about we just get y'all these, you know, these 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 country fried steak, these frozens, <laughs> and y'all deal with those. <laughs> Meet in the middle of the road, man. Yeah, sometimes you got to collaborate. Yeah, yeah, you know, a compromise, so to speak. And yeah, I, I think I, I personally think nowadays petitions are being utilized more because they're so easy to come by. I think when you go, I think you have petition websites now where basically. It's already it's already legal. I want to say that back in the day, maybe my before the internet was as profound as it is now, I'm pretty sure people probably had to go like down to the city hall, get documents filled out, and then they actually had an official petition with their a thousand signatures required. And it probably was already like a a, a pre-registered document. Versus now, you could just pretty much download that shit offline and. Once you get it to, once you get it done, then you go submit. So you don't have to. You you're not going to the city hall multiple times in order to get this petition rolling. I think getting the petitions rolling now is much easier. That's why you. That's why you see so many of them. Yeah, you you can just pop pop one up online and then and, and circulate it through social media. Boom, you got action. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I've signed one petition in like the last five years. Not even gonna lie, and. I forgot what it was about. And I think I signed it just based on the fact that it made sense. I actually think it had something to do with freeing somebody from prison. And they were just basically just trying to get an appeal. And I don't know how, I don't know, it probably was something that kind of hit close to home. And I never really followed the case closely. I don't think that he was free from prison. I think he, he may have gotten his appeal, but at the end of the day, I mean, once that's still a grueling process. Which, which in mind, people have to understand, like, 
you could put this, you could put all this work in to get this peti- petition. You can get a million signatures. That's really just a first step. The yeah. petition is merely a first step. That's it. And I don't think a lot of people understand. I think a lot of people think that the million, the million signatures really mean something. And that come, it's crazy because I mean, you can get a million. You could be trying to do something for the whole United States. You get a million signatures. That's a lot of times. That's not even. That's 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 barely a city. That's barely a major city. Like you, you're 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 basically trying to get something, you know, redesigned or reconstructed based on the thoughts of a, thoughts of a million people. And to be honest with you, that's really just not enough. You know, I mean, like I said, that may be enough for that city, but you're trying to get something that may affect nationwide nationwide ideologies and that's just a million signatures isn't enough but a million signatures is enough for you to be like hey well you got a you got a, a major town in america that feels this way eventually this can be nationwide news this can be a ripple effect so once again it's a good start but it's only a start this is only but this is only the beginning but what, what did you what did you see that that made you even ask that question I just seen a random petition online and it was like, sign this petition and sign this one and sign this one, sign this one. It's like, all right, okay. what, what do I, what do I do after? What do I do after I sign this? Man, and that's, that's, I think that's, that's, I think that's where we're at right now in, in society is like, okay, what comes next? I do this, this, I sign this petition. I, I go out and I protest. I don't buy anything on July 7th and I do all these things, but all right, what do I do after that? And everybody says, you know, it doesn't stop here, but nobody's saying what happens next. Man, even with you saying that, I, I really, I really just get to the point where I, I feel like, no matter what people say, we're, we're simply recording a podcast. A, a podcast is something that we enjoy doing, and we're not revolutionaries in any way. But I, I do want people to think in real that you may a lot of people out there listening to this may not admit it but the fact of the matter is a lot of the reasons you guys do the things you do especially in modern day America is because it's convenient I see a lot of people wandering around talking about hey you know you're you're doing right now what you would be doing during the civil rights era and I just I see stuff like that and I want to vomit because <laughs> one I'm sorry like you know I, once again man I, I enjoy watching people be passionate about something. It's just sad that people are passionate about things that are so fickle, and I know that it's not really not going to last long. And I know that it's not something that they're going to carry with them 24-7. I can accept somebody not grieving over the death of somebody forever, but something as important as racial tensions should not be a political move or a political stunt that's only relevant during a, a election year. And I'm going to say, an election year, you, you just have multiple political stunts happening and all you NPCs out there are really thinking to yourselves, oh, this is really a moment. And then you start bringing up stuff like the civil rights era, like anything that you're doing is even close to what the civil rights era even brought about even though some things that happened that, that that came about during the civil rights era, I don't agree with, and I actually think it destroyed black America. But the fact of the matter is, like, this is something totally different. Like, be original. And you know how I feel about it. I, I love art, man. When I, see, I, when I see unoriginal cornball shit, especially in these photo ops that I be sending you, like, 
that really grinds my gears because it just lets me know right there that millennials and, and Gen Xers and Gen Zers, they just have no sense of originality whatsoever. It's just a copy and paste generation. And not only are they a copy and paste generation, they're arrogant enough to think that they're better than the last generation. And that really, really bothers me. It really bothers me. Cause it's like, man, like y'all don't have a clue what a lot of those people went through. Like you may be able to, you know, pretend to empathize. You want, you want to be oppressed so bad that you bring up an era that you truly don't even respect. And that's just my personal opinion. This is obviously not your opinion, Jay, but I just think a lot of things that go on, especially in the black community today, I think a lot of the the ancestors of the civil rights movement would be befuddled. I think they would be insulted. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of these, I think a lot of people that die for our rights will be rolling in their graves right now. Just, just personally. I mean, we've seen it, we've seen it for the past couple of weeks. A lot of it's just for photo ops. Man, it's sad, man. It's sad. I think I think I, I didn't want to say this, but I think I think I had enough when I saw JJ Watt carrying that casket. I was like, yeah, y'all lost me. Y'all lost me. <laughs> yeah, y'all lost me. I'm sorry. I, that's this is this is why I don't get down with movements that I don't fully understand. It's funny, man. I was eating with my, my um my son and his and some of his teammates uh at Texas Roadhouse. Shout out Texas Roadhouse. They be coming through and they'll be acting all extra with all this. Like, I mean, you got you got to do like the little check in in the front. They don't really want people hovering in the front, but yeah, you know, they, they handle it pretty well. But I was talking to them and I was and they was you know talking about it. it was talking about you know like coronavirus and they was talking about all the protesting and stuff. And I wasn't intervening at all. I'm just letting them say what they got to say. And this is this is 14 and 15 year old men, young men, and their perception on it all. I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of stuff, a lot of this protesting that's going on right now, you know, unless you have like radical parents that really, that I'm talking about the type of radical parents that pull your pull their kids out into a middle of a of a riot to get their little kids pepper sprayed and tear gassed. I mean, unless you have those type of parents, then a lot of these like suburban kids and even inner city kids, like I saw it was inner city kids at this AAU tournament. A lot of these kids. They're oblivious to what's going on at, at these city halls right now. A, a lot of these, a lot of these kids, they're not gonna learn about this until maybe they're in college. Like, and they'd be like, "Oh shit, we lived that." Exactly. You know, like I said, I mean, it's, it's people, it's people that are my age that knew nothing about the Battle of Seattle. It's people my age that knew nothing about the Gina Six. It's people my age that really don't understand the ins and outs of what happened at the World Trade Center. And they literally were living through it. Like, they witnessed it in real time. You were alive, like flesh and blood. I asked people about, you know, Waco, David Koresh, and they look at me like, huh? What the hell is that? Shh. Just one of the only, like, one of one of the, one of the big, like, most serious massacres of honestly innocent people on Texas soil, American soil, and, and, you, and, you, and you dare to tell me to trust the government. Like, <laughs> like what? Like that. This is talking this is about wild. minding your own business, bruh. Like I don't know if you watch Waco, but you watch. No, Waco? I haven't. I haven't watched the Netflix. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, at the end of the day, I it, you obviously know if they'd have just left David Koresh alone. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If they'd have just left that man alone, like people want to talk about 
him marrying a 14-year-old girl, which is which is real pedo shit in the eyes of your normal person. We also have to we could look at this in many ways. We can go back a hundred years where being married at 14 was a norm. Or we could just look at the fact that because I know people like to use the slavery rebuttal as hey, if it's if it's legal, that doesn't mean it's right. I understand that. Also, it's it's a reality that 14-year-old girls do get pregnant these days. Their parents allow it. And it's very, and you have to understand that at that time, it's a law that says, hey, if the mother says that this 14-year-old can marry this person, then hey, it's fine. So a lot of stuff that David Koresh did, he kind of did stuff that was right in the eyes of the law. As far as I'm concerned, he was a taxpaying American. He's nothing like these, like these, uh, like these hippies in Seattle. Nothing like these hippies in Seattle, because <laughs> these hippies in Seattle is on another level. I don't even know what their purpose is. If they weren't full of soy, then <laughs> I would believe that their purpose was to throw a coup, a coup somewhat, because. I've said this once before, and I'm going to keep saying it. Black Lives Matter, the LGBTQ movement, Me Too, Antifa, all of those things are the same thing. I'm going to repeat myself. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, LGBT movement, hashtag Me Too, all of those are the same wing. They all represent the same wing. Their ideologies are pretty similar. So... When you get and and it actually goes deeper, like I would say, those four are the main ones that people know off the top of their head. But if you pay attention to those four sectors and those four movements, you will realize that the one thing that they all have in common, especially in 2020, is they represent the minority and it's fuck Donald Trump. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and they they and, and with that being said, like I really feel like if they weren't full of soy, because a lot of them are vegans, a lot of them are are you know for climate, like they oh they're 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 the uh, you got to worry about the climate, the world is gonna end in eleven years. Um, it's full of those type of people. I mean, hardcore radical liberals. Hey, at the end of the day, people that know me and know Jay, I'm a mind my business type of guy. I feel like if they want to do that, then at the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, I feel like if Seattle is allowing them to do that and that causes a ripple effect and it happens in other cities, which I doubt, I don't think it's going to happen in like, I don't think it would happen in a place like Dallas, Fort Worth or, you know, uh, San Diego, but I can see it happening somewhere like San Francisco or maybe like, you know, New York. Because to me, it's just it looks like squatting to me. <laughs> it looks like these people are just squatters, and, and in all honesty, if they're not doing any harm to anybody, leave them alone. <laughs> it seems uh, it seems like the unemployment rate is high. They ain't got nothing to do. They've been cooped up in the house. Let me go take over some public property so I can just hang out. Straight up, I'm I'm, I'm like, surprised something like this hasn't happened in Central Park. Hey, man, the media, it's an election year. I'm going to say that one more time. Right now, the media is going to, is going to make this Chaz thing, thing seem bigger than what it is, when in actuality, it's just a, it's just a squatter's home, in my opinion. It's, just, it's a building for squatters. I believe it was a government building 
which was very strategic on their part because this this being a government building, I think, you know, they 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 knew their laws. Mm-hmm. So they knew that for they knew that by getting this building specifically, it would it would it would work. Also, once again, I, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of uh, mind your own fucking business. <laughs> like, because I hear so many people talk about, hey, just just shut off the shut off the cell towers, shut off the waters, and then immediately, immediately, this is when I come into a mindset of okay, that is sadistic. Somebody is doing something that I, I feel is ballsy to do this. Let, let me get let me let me say this. I feel it's Definitely. ballsy to do this. I feel it's ballsy to do this, but at the same time, I feel like it's still one of those what's next things. I mean, because at the end of the day, are you guys trying to be fully sustainable out without any help of the town of Seattle, the city of Seattle? Meaning, none of y'all. Are, you, we're we're laughing saying they're unemployed, but what if some of those people are employed and they're actually go they're leaving the the autonomous zone to go to work, and then they come back. See now that that's gonna be that's gonna bother me a little bit because you going to work and that means that you're a taxpaying citizen and then you're bringing that you're bringing that money back into the autonomous zone you're bringing those goods back into the autonomous zone that's just weird to me that's it, me personally it, it, it seems it's counterproductive good. yeah yeah because if, if like you're I trying said, to if you're trying to be a sovereign city you're not gonna do it on the funds of the city that you you've separated from simple as that. That's why I said what they're doing is much different from what they did at the uh, the Davidian the Davidian compound because they were just a hippie commune, so to speak. But I mean, they they were they were you know they they sold goods on the street. They needed society, they needed society to, to survive. So they that's why they that's why they would adhere to American laws, and technically they weren't breaking any American laws and. It's crazy now because you got to think about how Utah has has banned polygamy. Like, like no, like they the polygamy laws have been banned, meaning you could have multiple wives in Utah now. And just, unfortunately, that day's correct. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know why somebody would want multiple wives, but Bruh. that's it. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, like I said, I don't I don't know what Chaz is doing, man. I I don't I don't know what Chaz is doing. I hope that. It, buzz, it does become productive, but I think it's just an election year. They're going to hyperbolize this shit, just like they're going to try to find reasons to make sure everybody realizes it's, it's gay pride month. So they're going to say SpongeBob is gay. They're going to attack J.K. Rowling. Like, they they, did, they do J.K. Rowling like this every year. J.K. Rowling, you're, this is why I respect people that stand their ground. I can respect J.K. Rowling. I can't respect Drew Brees, because I look at J.K. Rowling as somebody that you're a you're a voice in li- mainstream liberal Hollywood right now. You have Emma Watson, which is a hardcore feminist, and I would say she's a part of that Me Too movement. Just another, like I said, another arm of those four, like I was talking about. So when you think about that. She's still willing to stand her ground on the fact that there are only two genders, even though she knows that she will get a lot of black, a lot of backlash from her Hollywood counterparts. I respect that because she, she's not finna apologize. Out of every other things that she's ever said, that's one thing she's like, "Hey man, I don't rock with that. 
I don't rock with chopping off people's penises. I don't rock with, you know, confusing little boys into thinking they're girls. I don't rock with that. But at the same time, that's just me. If people want to live that life, I, do you. But I am not about to act, come act, jump out here and act like I'm an advocate for that thought process. I mean, I know women, I know women personally, well, I've met a couple that had said they were gender fluid, meaning, meaning me personally, that they don't recognize any gender and they're just, you know, they're in, they're androgynous and somewhat up, just they're in between. All right, cool. I don't look at them and be like, oh, you're retarded. I just, I look at it. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I hope that works out for you. <laughs> how, how did you arrive there? You know, yeah, that, that, that's, if that's, if that's, if that's what you love, I think you always say, Jay, you know, if that's what you love, do what you love. Because them being trans, them being gender fluid, them being homosexual, lesbian, that has no effect on my life. The only time it has an effect on my life is when you're basically trying to make it seem like your ideologies and your thought process is the majority. Because let's just be real here. Those people come far and, food, far and few. When I tell you I know somebody that's gender fluid, it's a lot of y'all that don't know anybody that's gender fluid. It's a lot of people walking around right now that have never truly like had interactions with a trans person or has no trans friends. It's people that don't have gay friends. Man, it's people, it's black people that don't have any friends outside of black people. Like, that's just how <laughs> the world works. I'm just saying, though. Yeah, except that's true. Except these Hollywood elitists out here that, that you know, running around talking about Black Lives Matter, well, at the end of the day, you know, half of them, the only black people they know are their childhood friends. Nowadays, they, they surround themselves by, by, by everybody but black people. But then they run around here talking about Black Lives Matter. I find that to be pure hypocrisy. But it is what it is. But just back on this Chad stuff, man. And fuck Instagram, by the way, man. For, for Whoa. Bullets ain't got no names. Hey, man. Rest in peace to Nip. Hey, man. Fuck Instagram because they're a part of mainstream technocratic censorship. And I don't appreciate them realizing that I was trying to post something that was in my opinion, funny, and it's already been on mainstream TV already, and you're basically trying to hit me for the fair act, the fair use act. It's like, bro, I posted shit about Twilight Zone. Is Twilight Zone not copyrighted material? I can post Twilight Zone because it was a pro-black message in there, but I can't post this thing that makes fun of Chaz because y'all know how much of a, it's so easy to make fun of Chaz. It's very easy to make fun of Chaz because when it's all said and done, Chaz is not really doing anything new. It's just that it's getting a spotlight because it's an election year. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, man, fuck Instagram. I mean that when I say that. You're going to sign back in though, right? I got to sign back in. You see, I've been out for two days. That's my little, that's my petition. That's so, your protest. You don't yeah, know. You don't know what's next, but for right now, me. that pissed me off, man. That pissed me off because I just I feel I feel like I know for a fact that we stay in a place where before society got extremely sensitive, people could voice their opinions, and there will re- there will be respect for disagreements, and we can we can agree to disagree and walk off 
as adults and realize at the end of the day, hey, I may not fuck with that person no more because we don't share the same ideologies. That's a, that's a decision you got to make. For instance, I watched the new Spike Lee movie, movie, The Five Bloods. Did you get a chance to check it out? No, I've seen some mixed reviews on it, though. Okay, so I'll be I'll be spoiler free then if you haven't seen it. I mean, it was I I appreciate I say this Spike Lee has Trump, Trump derangement syndrome. I'm gonna say this for a fact. He has Trump derangement syndrome. I feel like the part about the parts about Trump didn't really add sauce to the movie. But as I was watching the movie, I realized something, and I was like, no, maybe it does add sauce to the movie. There's a particular part, there's a particular character in there that, like I said, I'm sorry. This this may be the one spoiler, but <laughs> he said I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was a Trump fan. He was a Trump, he was a Trump uh, supporter. And keep in mind these guys are called the five bloods. And technically these guys are Vietnam War blood brothers. They 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 were blood brothers through war. And even with this one guy being a Trump supporter. And I mean, I, honestly, I mean, he was, I would say he was the best actor in that movie. It was one part that he had was cringe, but as the movie went on, you realize like his acting, nobody, nobody can, he, yeah, he was way above everybody else as far as acting. But, but not, that's not saying that everybody else didn't, wasn't solid. And they introduced some, some new actors and actresses. And I, I appreciate Spike for that. Uh, but, I appreciate Spike for getting people on screen that weren't necessarily super pleasing to the eye. This might that may sound weird, but you super know what I mean? Super pleasing like, to the eye. Yeah, like these weren't just it wasn't just a bunch of pretty boys on my screen and a bunch of pretty girls. Girls like these were real looking people. I mean, when you see these actors, you know them, but mm-hmm. you didn't just have you didn't just have a star-studded role of your hottest black actors and actresses. It was just you. You, I really felt like I was watching. Some some genuine Negroes on my screen that really probably went through the war. So what I'm saying is like you didn't have your typical Idris, Michael B. Jordan, or uh, you know uh, uh, Michael Ely Morris Chestnut type on my screen, you know carrying a movie, and I'm supposed to believe these guys fought in the Vietnam War. You know what I'm saying? Like I looked at these guys like that. These niggas probably did fight the Vietnam War. Like they had that sense of ruggedness to them. And obviously, Chadwick Boseman being the exception, because like, I feel like Chadwick Boseman, I mean, I think Chadwick Boseman's like 43, though. So, um, but he carries himself well. Is he? Yeah, yeah, Chadwick Boseman. I could be wrong. I, I think Chadwick Boseman's pretty old, man. He, not really. he, he ain't no youngster. Um, but he 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 played his part well. It was, it was I hate to say, because I said, a spoiler, but his role was minimal. But it was important. But I just appreciated the fact that Although he was a Trump supporter, his brother still had his back. Mm-hmm. It was like, bro, that's your ideology. You're an idiot for having that ideology, but we still fuck with you. Because in the grand scheme of things, no matter what black Americans would like to say, we've been able to vote for how long, Jay? What since was it was it the nineteen was what that what amendment is that? Damn, I damn near forgot. Was it the like fourteenth amendment or some shit like that? I was just looking at shit does that. The third, the thirteenth. I think it was the thirteenth. I thought that was the. Hey, I'm not here historical honcho today. I thought it was the fourteenth, but <laughs> you might be right. I think it was somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a. I think this was a 20th century law. So, I think it's safe to say that African Americans have probably been voting for a little less than 100 years, or 
or because I, I want to say the woman the woman's suffrage started in late 1800s, but I don't think a lot of the, the votes got went through until like the early 1900s, like maybe like 1914 uh, or like 1920 or some shit like that. You looking it up? Yeah, the 14th was for citizenship. The 13th ended slavery. So it's a combination of the two. Because no, I mean, that's still... That, bit, that, that still doesn't mean you can vote. But I think once you got citizenship, that puts you closer to voting because before that, we were seen as less than human. Right. Which means that we didn't have any rights. But once we got rights, 15th. I believe Martin Luther King and the, the 15th Amendment. Shit, we was close. Fuck y'all. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we um, what, what year was that? This was 1870. So we've been so, so we've been voting for well over 100 years, not over 150 though, 150 years. Okay, so so women were able to vote within that too, right? Within within it was women and men and Africans, right? African Americans or Negroes, uh, as they would say. No, that was the 19th. The 19th, what, what was that? The women were able to vote the 19th Amendment? That was that was women's suffrage. Women's, women's suffrage. right to vote. 1920. Now, see, that's that's why I got it mixed up with. See, that's why, was it Susan B. Anthony? I believe that's why she she used she used the black movement as a reason. Of, basically, she was like, if Negroes could vote, we did us white women be, damn sure better be able to vote. That was the that was the leverage on that one. And she she aligned herself with the feminist movement, which to be honest with you, I believe the feminist movement, similar to the Me Too movement, was started by people of color or black women. And Susan B. Anthony, I want to say a couple other names latched on to that. Like I said, I may be getting these names wrong, but a lot of them latched on to that in order to get their voices heard. And you're seeing that happen today. When people see something that they can politicize, they're gonna hop on that shit in order to push their agenda. It's no different than these stimulus. A lot of these stimulus um, measures that were uh, passed, it was like shit. Democrats and Republicans see they can hop on some bills, and they like, hey man, y'all doing that shit? Get my cousin on there too. You know, that's, that's basically <laughs> what it's all about. You know, I'm just saying, like, you, you know, if if you see something popping, you hop on that uh, bandwagon. And you and you um did you get your shit heard too? Cause yeah. Once once the let, let me piggyback. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's what that's what it is. You know, let me piggyback off what you got going on. Oh, I thought you literally was gonna try to piggyback. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's and actually that's a lot of what we have going on right now is people piggybacking off of off of off of this this I can't say this new suffrage movement, but like the ongoing suffrage movement is like all right since since we got a platform now and. And we got a little lean leeway. Uh, let me get some statues taken down. Uh, let me get some, you know, qualified hires in, in executive offices and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm piggybacking off of off everything going on to try to. And I mean, you're, I get that you're trying to make everything better. You know, since, since it's going on right now, this is the time for change. So you're trying to change as much as possible. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Niggas changing shit. Like I said. Get my cousin on here too. Yeah, my co- my cousin got killed by the police last year. Let's 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 bring his name back up. It's a time, cause that's why I keep telling people that what's going on right now it's nothing new. Because once again, it's an election year. This is the prime opportunity to have your voice heard. 
because once the, once the drought is over, referring to the dope that's dried up in the streets, but once because the dope dries up in the streets because the borders get tougher. See, they allow the dope to come through for the for the for, for three years, and then when election year come, they realize they got to tighten shit up. They got to tighten shit up because you know a lot of people you know that want to get reelected. They gotta they gotta show them recent numbers like, hey, well, in the last six to eight months, you know, crime has dropped. Yeah, crime has dropped because y'all have gotten restricted with y'all law enforcement at the border and other things, and y'all are using that to make it seem like y'all are actually contributing to a, a greater cause. But in actuality, in the next three years, y'all not gonna give a fuck. That's why it was very important to to, to decipher between. Oh, well, we didn't do that on the show. I'm tripping. We never had an opportunity to decipher between defund the police, abolish the police, and disband the police. I actually think that you had a better understanding of it than I did. We talked about it off air, but we never talked yeah. about it on the show. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, defund was just the, the movement of the allocation of funds. And, you know, where you're not where you're not giving the police department so much, so big of a budget anymore. So defunding the police was... I. The way, the way they tried to put it is like it hurts them, and which I mean I've I've seen people say you know New York Police Department has tanks, like I don't know why they have tanks, but the New York Police Department has tanks. Like if you get to the point where you need to bring out a tank, you should probably be calling in the National Guard or the Army. So you know it's talking about moving those funds and then disbanding the police would be disbanding on like a city level and then having the counties police the entire footprint exactly. and then and then exactly. the abolishment would just be you know completely getting rid of them at all exactly which yeah like i said you had a better grip on it than i did and i just followed it up on you know uh hey i want to say a fun fact did you know that yonkers new york is one of the safest places in america number two really yeah i know you're saying it really because why What do you know about Yonkers, New York? <laughs> that's 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 like I know. That's where DMX is from. That's where that's, that's, is from. Yeah, yeah. yeah DMX has lived a hard life. Yeah, and it's weird. Cause dude. like when you said Yonkers, the first thing popping in my mind is uh, is that DMX on Who We Be. I was like, oh. Look it up, look, you can look it up. They say it's one of the safest. Uh, I don't know if they say safest borough, safest city, safest uh, suburban area. I don't know, but. Say Yonkers, say Yonkers, New York is number two, and I'm sitting here like, uh, I'm I'm almost certain that that has to do with something about the police force. I never got a chance to look into it, so got to with weekend got kind of busy, but look, man, in Camden, New Jersey, they did the disbanding of the police thing, and what they end up doing was they they basically I, I called it a rebrand. They stripped down what they had as the city police made it the county police the police force doubled in size and the crime rate dropped significantly at one point camden new jersey was one of the most dangerous places to tour or to live in and i, I and, and I'm, I'm not sure i didn't even look at the demographic but i'm pretty sure it was it was it was probably a real diverse city probably mostly blacks and white right because i mean in all honesty those tend to be the more dangerous places i hate to say it um but the fact of the matter is, yeah, disbanding the police can become, can become a loophole. Defunding the police, in my opinion, could be another loophole, which puts more money in the hands of city officials to do it as they please. I think that's dangerous. 
um, and and what what's the the other one? Abolishing the police. You abolish that's the just police. Dumb. That's that's mild retardation, and it's mild retardation because you're if you abolish the police nine times out of ten, you're talking about abolishing the city police. The counties are gonna stay where they are just based on the fact that you got you know places that are. You got like for te- for Texas example for example I mean you might have Tumball police you may have you know you got you have you have school districts that police you have Montgomery County you have Harris County like and those places have quite a few suburbs in them but then you're talking about HPD which possibly deals with more dangerous areas when you really want to get down to the nitty gritty HPD. NYPD, Chicago PD, those places, those police departments probably deal with more dangerous areas. You see in the Chicago PD, they was taking naps and chilling in the mayor's office because they didn't want to deal with y'all foolishness out there in Chicago. So they took the weekend off while y'all was killing each other and burning shit down because in a way, they were just basically just giving you guys a glimpse of the future if they weren't on the payroll anymore, which they still are on the payroll, so that's kind of fucked up. (laughs) But Bruh, hey, the thing is, paper. especially with Texas, say you talk about not having martial law, but you want to want to talk about abolishing the police. If I know that I'm gonna call for help and it's gonna take you know this county officer a good ten minutes to get here, I can go in here and get this peace, and we can have peace, real peace for sure, for sure. I saw this tweet, and it basically was like, it, now, now people need to understand this. Obviously, this stuff is getting mushed up, and all three of those terms that we just described are getting blended together. But there are a lot of blue checks on Twitter that are saying, abolish the police. I need people to understand that. Defund the police, disband the police. I think defund the police just has a better twing to it, but abolish the police is definitely in there, and a lot of blue checks are advocating for that. These same blue checks, once again, they stay in uppity suburban areas where they are happy to be in the hands of their county police because that's where they feel safe. These same people talking about abolish the police, half of them don't have any minority friends. They're minor- the, the ideal of them having a minority friend is having a gay person as, as a friend because, once again, a gay person is a minority. So that's their ideal of dealing with minority or even having a, a, a white Spanish friend you know, that could pass for a white person any day. Like, that's as close as they get to hanging with minorities. They don't see blacks and Mexicans on a daily basis unless they're going into a Starbucks or going into a place where they're getting some type of service. So these blue chicks, they're they're the biggest hypocrites on the planet. And to be honest with you, a lot of them are advocating for the demise of the minority population that I see as, you know, Mexicans, blacks, and other immigrants that come here that aren't highly favored. So when I see people talk about abolish the police and I immediately know that it's going to affect the inner city neighborhoods that need the police in the most, I just, I just say to myself, like, damn, you must really hate these people because let's be 100 here. Can we really say that humanity is at, is at a place where... We can expect police to police. We can expect people to police each other, even with a badge on. 
we can't even expect people to police each other when it's their job. Do you right. really think humanity is at a place where we could police each other and, and that nobody has a badge on? We're talking about taking it into the community collective. Like, that's what we're expecting. Like, because you got to understand something. Even if you abolish police across the board, the rich people are still going to be fine because they have the money to afford private policing. They're going to be fine. You, How often do you just get to just roll up on Katy Perry house and knock on her door and ask for <laughs> a, a, some sugar? You ain't, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. You can do that with your neighbor. And I'm saying all this to say, like, it all comes down to the human condition, bro. Like, we are just not right in society. You can You can try to make it about race all you want. But at the end of the day, we both know the only reason we're really talking about this is because it's an election year. I tell people all the time, don't forget that the assassination of Martin Luther King happened during the election of 1968. And that same year, Richard Nixon was elected. Richard Nixon wasn't no advocate of civil rights, but they put his, they put that foot on his neck. It's like, hey man, you just had one of the greatest civil rights leaders that just died. Like, low key, like, no matter how shitty of a human being you are, you got to show some sense of decency knowing that the world lost a great leader. You, you got to do something. Really, yeah. So so that, that's why it just, it bothers me that that people, I mean, I, I know, Jay, I, Jay, I know you personally don't like it, but I just, I have to point out the fact that the reason that they attack George Floyd the way they do is because it's so easy to attack somebody as flawed as he was. And let's not get it twisted. Martin Luther King was no Jesus, no Messiah or anything like that. He may have had a record of like cheating scandals, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's not as bad as the stuff that's on George Floyd's track record. You know, like it, on his rap sheet, I mean, it is what it is, but it's still no excuse to kill a man. So you have to understand something. Y'all telling me to trust the government. Well, it's still the same government that killed a man like Martin Luther King and that same government killed a man like George Floyd. This government knows they have no they have no line to draw. Like, they don't give a damn. They'll do what they... And once again, y'all can make this a black issue all you want. In front of Kent State, I want to say six white kids were gunned down and they were just trying to protest Vietnam. Like... Like this, and y'all seen the footage from Battle of Seattle? It was a lot of whites out there. It was a lot of Asians out there. They was getting tear gas, pepper sprayed, and getting rubber bullets to the head. Bruh, them rubber bullets <laughs> look like they ain't no joke. I seen somebody say, "Why do? Why does the police force have these things?" Let me tell you something. Let me tell you why. <laughs> I'm not in favor of this stuff. But you a damn fool if you think, and, and once again, for, I, have, I, don't, I haven't said I recommend Waco to people, but I recommend Waco to people so you guys can understand the difference between trying to talk to crazy people or people you perceive as crazy and using deadly force. And when you watch Waco, you'll realize that the negotiator comes from a more peaceful place because... He comes from a place of seeing the humanness in you. He's like, hey, I know you're going through a bad time right now, but 
you're just having a bad day. Let me let me walk you off. Let me get you off that ledge. That way, when you get off that ledge, we can talk like human beings. See, what's going on today is a lot of society, they don't see each other in that way. They don't see each other in a way where they feel like I can actually talk to people. Like I said earlier, these people talking about cutting off water and cutting off cell towers. What kind of shit is that? You don't want these people to take a bath? You don't want these people to be able to contact their families? That's how they're going to apply pressure. To, to, to your fellow citizens, this is how you're going to apply pressure. And it shouldn't even take the word citizens in there for you motherfuckers out there to realize in a sense, we're equal in that sense that we're equal as human beings. We may, be, we, not, we may not be equal in what we can do. Like, I, I, I'm i not handicapped. I could walk, I could talk, I could think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fully capable of doing most physical things. I may not be equal to somebody that's paralyzed, but at the end of the day, his humanness is something that I'm equal to. I could relate to him as far as being a human. And until we see each other like that, I'm sorry, I would never advocate for you motherfuckers out there to police me. I already don't want police officers policing me, but I damn sure don't want Karens and shit out here in the streets thinking that they the new police officers now. Like, that shit ain't gonna work. And, and I only say that because y'all motherfuckers don't treat each other with respect, badge on or badge off. And it's not a racial problem. It's a human problem. It's always been a human problem. It's always come back to the fact that we always find a way to see somebody as our lesser. We never just fuck with people on the strength of them just being human. It's disgusting, man. Like I said, I don't like Terry Crews at all, but I understand where he was coming from with his tweet. People don't want to see the ideal of black supremacy because, like I said earlier in the show, a lot of our people want to be oppressed. They desire being oppressed because they realize that being a victim gets them a, a sympathy card. So when you start talking about black supremacy, which doesn't exist, I can admit that black supremacy doesn't exist, but he didn't say that. He was saying it could come about because all of y'all, all of y'all gonna do is shift the power. Y'all taking away from white supremacy to create black supremacy. That's all y'all really want. Well, that's they started doing the, ho- the same whole ass moves that they were doing. Y'all seeing white people, y'all gonna tear gas them. Y'all gonna tear gas them and rubber bullet them. Like, <laughs> and all you gonna say, all you gonna say is, now you see how we feel. And that's not what your and that's not what your goal should be. Man, not at all, man. Not at all. It's it's just not. Well, whole soul drugs. So we wouldn't have to go through that. I believe it. <laughs> hey, I, I mean it makes sense, man. I mean, we have we have people that love us that have done things multiple times, so we don't have to do it. I tell my son that all the time. Like, I'm doing certain things to put you in a position where you don't have to work that hard. Like, that's it's that simple. I feel like in the end, that's what being a parent is all about. That's what that's. I'm gonna say shout out to Mahat because I know he's a, a a Bernie Sanders supporter and he's you know definitely a socialist to the extreme. I'm gonna say this. The ideal of socialism 
is as human as it can get when you look at the fact that socialism isn't a t- it sounds good in my opinion it's an attempt to bring about a, the greater good in people and actually have people work as a community and that's why I feel like socialism works better on a small scale I don't think socialism works good when you're talking about 300 million plus people 300 million plus free thinking people well seemingly free thinking I think when you get together for instance Jay if me and you stay if me if, if me you in a group chat let's just say we stay in an apartment building and in this apartment building that we all like we all owned and we all basically pulled our resources together to keep this apartment building up like once again how many of us is six of us and let's just think about it, six different families one person stays on each floor occupies a floor and all of us come together and pull all our resources together one of us is only making 60k and you know blah blah but then you put all our resources together and we're looking at making a half a million a year mm-hmm. see what socialism does is Obviously, a person that's making 120k a year is sitting there looking like, well, I'm not finna sit here and act like I'm making the same as the 60k nigga. Like, that I'm gonna chip fair. in some more. Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, th- that nigga need to step his weight up if he's trying to live like us. But see, socialism it, it it buries that thought. It's like, well, y'all are all humans. Y'all are all in this together. And the fact of the matter is, y'all just need to come together and make sure that y'all actually. Consist, y'all have a sustainable life. Like y'all, if everybody can chip into where everybody can get the bare minimum, I believe outside of that, there's really nothing to be said. If if it only takes us, if if that person making sixty k is on the verge of starving, that shouldn't even be because y'all got motherfuckers that live above them that's making a hundred k, and they should easily be able to put food on his plate. Because at the end of the day, y'all are all pulling y'all resources together to make sure that all y'all necessities are met. Necessities are met. I think it's easier if you bring it down to the, a small level like that. Because I use that example because I don't think any of y'all would let Jamarcus starve or his kids starve. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it really comes down to a community of people just realizing we all need each other to survive. I think we've gotten so far away from that concept that that's why we can say turn off the water and turn off the cell towers on some innocent kids, man. That's just that's just fed up with the government. <laughs> Nigga, I don't trust the government either. Like I'm not mad at Chaz. I just think that they're just going about it in a, a comical way, especially if South Park is able to crack jokes about it years before it even happened. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like I just I just felt like that was important to say because it's a lot of stuff going on right now that it's just it's just divisive. Everything going around right now is just divisive. It's it's politicized. It's divisive, and it and it it brings it. There is no sense of unity in it because we live in a world right now where unity is a pipe dream. It's sad to say, man. Honestly, I owe you an apology because I didn't I didn't bring my A game to this episode. I got I got a lot on my <laughs> mind, so I appreciate you for carrying me the way that you did today. Hey, bro. Let, let, hey, man. LeBron in 2016, baby. It's all good. It's all good. I have my moments. I have my I, moments. I appreciate you, good <laughs> sir. 
I, I did, I did, uh, I think there's so much more we could talk about. And, but I did want to talk about the poll we had this week before we get off. Although this like jump ship totally because, man, I swear to God, my wi- my Wi-Fi on my phone be acting weird, but my Wi-Fi on my computer is like just fine. But um, do you remember the poll that we put up about the chick basically saying like, hey, I had a mindset where I give a person a hundred times, a hundred chances, and I'm gonna keep going back. You know, that's just how I am. And um, I thought it was funny that the poll was pretty lopsided. I think it ended up being like seventy thirty. There are a lot of people saying, well, nah, I ain't that type of person. I'm not giving people multiple chances. And then, you know, it was a small group of people that was like, yeah, that's me, man. Like, I'm going to go back 100 times. I'm trying to make it work. I really want to know, obviously, we know what side you fall on the spectrum, Jay. Mm-hmm. I really want to know, where do you think that mindset comes from? I think that mindset comes from a fear of failure. So... As long as you continue to go back and try to make that work, then it's it's never looked at as as being an ultimate failure. And I think once you put your put your time and your energy into it, and you know a hundred times, a hundred plus more times, like as long as you feel that there's still some hope there, and you continue going back, I think it's one, it's a fear of failure, and two, like if that's just really where you want to be, that's where you want to be. I mean, yeah, you can see people on the outside saying, hey, look, you tried this and it didn't work. You tried it again and it didn't work. And guess what? You tried it again and it didn't work. Isn't it obvious that it's just not going to work? Yeah, may, it might be obvious to you on the outside looking in. But to me and where my brain and my heart lines up, it's just not that obvious to me. And because some people just carry that mentality of like, what if the next time is the one time that we get it right? What is What if the next time is the one time we light the light bulb up? Or, or the, the, the plane takes off or, you know, the theory of relativity comes, comes, comes full circle. Like, what if that next time is the next time? And then, you know, you gave up right before you got to that time. I think it's all about your mindset. And if you, how does, how's the quote go? I, I haven't failed a thousand times. I just found a thousand ways that didn't work. Like, maybe that's what Ooh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. Very possible. I, I am not an expert in love. I'm not an expert in relationships. I just know at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if you know, do what you feel, <laughs> you know, do what you feel, do what you love. I mean, I, I just, I don't think that anything that can drive me crazy is something I'm going to drive. I'm going to, you know, continue to feed. And once again, that's a personality thing. And me and you talked about that. We talked about how people need to understand personalities are very important. Our personalities are shaped by the environments we grew up in. So for me, I've always grew up in an environment where I I, I want the environment was somewhat chaotic and was out of control and it didn't have much structure. So a lot of things that I do in my life nowadays, I kind of like my life to be a lot more predictable. I like my life to be a lot more aligned with me knowing exactly what I'm gonna do the next day. I'm boring. I when I post stuff about me, you know, going on bike rides or or watching turtles. And, and ducks, I get messages all the time like, nigga, you boring. Like, yeah, I really am. That's fine. But that shit is not chaotic for me. And that's why I'm just a person on the other side of the spectrum. It's like, well, I'm not going to try a hundred times with you. I may give you, you know, uh, ass shit be messed up. But yeah, I tried 99 times, but I ain't going to give him a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm giving I mean, out these hundo clips. <laughs> at the end of the day, man, it's I, I think a hundred is obviously a, a metaphorical number 
you know, it's just basically saying I'm gonna try a lot, but I tell people all the time, man. I think it was a was it a Winnie the Pooh quote, and he was like, um, I think he asked, man, how long is forever? And he was basically like, shit, forever could be tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And people need to realize that shit. You know that you, your forever, your forever could be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. He was like, man, basically, when 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 this for when this when this forever come, like shit, that can come tomorrow. That can come tomorrow. Shit, it come in the next seven minutes. You know, we don't know how long forever is, and that's a that's a that's a sad reality. It's scary to think. That's why I just tell people, hey man, eventually, like you just said, it, it's a it's more of an alignment with your brain and your heart. And unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I know that I've made a lot of women mad, a lot of homeboys mad. In the past, by the fact that I'm I'm a very tactical and logical person, my brain leaves me with a lot, which means that I could do something that seems very cold and callous, just based on the fact that it's on my it's this that's how my mind works. Like I just I feel I feel like the shit I'm doing has to be strategic. It has to be smart. I have to see the sense in it. Like I don't lead with emotions. Yeah. And that's uh that's just that's. Man, and and obviously, and I mean, a lot of people don't know this. I got into well, my son's AAU team. Like I'm, I'm getting in on more the coaching side because, like I said, I've always wanted to be a teacher. And when I, in my little small step being a teacher, the reason I didn't like being a teacher is because, and I'm gonna say this loud and clear, I feel like public school teachers are no different than the police, meaning they contribute a lot to the systematic racism that people are talking about today. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. Young black kids, black boys, and black girls, mostly black boys, get treated like future prisoners based on the fact that they came from homes that weren't well-structured, so they came into the classrooms dealing with these suburban these suburban teachers or these teachers. I mean, a lot of times, it don't need to be suburban teachers. I've seen, I've seen some, some teachers that know better teachers from the hood, teachers that should be able to relate to these young black men, treat these young Mac, these young black men like prisoners. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they come from homes where they look at men as as predators. They look at they look at these young black boys as you gonna grow up and you ain't gonna be shit anyway. I ain't saying, and I know somebody oh, rolling their eyes right now, I'm not saying all of them treated like that, but I saw it enough to where I told myself I can't be a part of that. And I didn't feel like my one voice or the or my one body was enough to bring about that change just based on the fact that one, my pat the passion of being a teacher just wasn't there anymore anyway. I honestly feel like, and I say that because with a lot of police officers out there, if you're listening, if you're a police officer, police officer, you need to understand this. If you don't love that job that you're doing, which is being a police officer, you're automatically a part of the problem because all it takes for you is one bad day and you're going to contribute to killing somebody that doesn't deserve to die just based on the fact that you just want to get the shit over with so you can go home. Because I honestly feel like a cop can have a bad day, get frustrated enough to feel like I'm not going to think these problems through. I'm going to just shoot a nigga. Yep. Like, what the fuck? You know, like that is that how you solve your problems? You just rip the band-aid off? Like, no, that's not how it works. You gotta sometimes it takes coming into these these issues with a strategy, coming into them smart. You just can't go into places guns are blazing. 
that is not humanity. That's why I told you when I look at it from a historical perspective, we are living in the great regression, bro. Like we've regressed as a society when we go from, and when you just look at humanity from a, from a mindset of we used to probably be cavemen, they say not black people, but we used to probably be cavemen. We fucking come from apes and shit. And we, we've done so much. We've, we've gotten to the point where I don't even have to be in the same room with somebody to talk to him. But we treating people <laughs> as if we're fucking cavemen. We just getting the we just getting the one stick and we bopping people upside the head and we ain't communicating. It's like, dog, are you just gonna slap your child when they do something wrong or are you gonna talk to them? That's all I'm saying. You're not just shooting somebody and I, and I hate like I don't care about the race. The race just adds fuel to the fire because you realize that the person that's treating the other person the way they're treating them is a tribalist thing. And like, oh, you shooting because you scared. It was a black nigga. You was a little scared. But if there's a little white woman, you would have tried the least amount of forces possible. This yeah. should be 100. You, you would let her drive woman, off and you would chase her down. Bruh, little white woman. I, I worked at Whataburger at the age of 16 and I had a white dude fall asleep in my drive through before too. And I called the cops on his stupid ass. And them cops came through, got his ass out, handled that shit up the way they need to handle it up without shooting at it. And let's just be real here. Some people are aggressive drunks. Some people are emotional drunks. There are different types of drunks out there. So let's not be shocked when we got somebody that's asleep in their car and they get waking up by a motherfucking flashlight. They get waking up by loud voices. Come on, man. Stop treating other human beings like less than people. It's sick, man. It's sick. When they 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 coined this shit that's going on right now, I call it NPC based on the fact that I feel like people don't even realize why they're doing it. But um, one dude I follow, he calls it mean behavior. And for lack of a better term, he says mean behavior is basic bitch NPC behavior. It's <laughs> like straight up. He said it's liking food as a personality trait. It's don't talk to me before I have my coffee. It's buy me tacos and tell me I'm pretty. It's traveling to third world countries and coming back with less morals and less perspective. It's the dog mom. It's the feed me pizza. It's the I'm so quirky. It's the wanderlust. At the end of the day, that's just mean behavior. A lot of that shit is just for show. A lot of that shit doesn't make you a better person. All you have done is regressed to a fucking meme. And that's why Sean doesn't like memes. Sean, no, memes, I enjoy memes now because I feel like, hey, this is the best way to communicate with a lot of these dumb motherfuckers. But at the end of the day, uh, the meme concept is for a person with an attention span so short that that's the only way they can get the message. That's what's going on with humanity today. The attention span of most human beings is so short that they don't even recognize other people as human beings. They're really just a caricature of what a human being should be. <sighs> Eat me, feed me tacos and tell me I'm pretty. If you don't sit your stupid ass down, tell you shit. <laughs> it's the same thing as go to the kitchen. Like, that ain't cute. That ain't cool. I'm not just telling a woman to go to the kitchen. 
Go to the this, kitchen and make me a sandwich. Disrespectful. It is, man. It is. I swear, I told I told my son team. I said, hey, man, if I'm on the sideline, I'm telling you, don't take a three-pointer. You shoot a three-pointer. What the hell you think that means? That, that means two things. You either don't listen or you deaf. Don't listen or you deaf or you just straight up disrespectful. You're like, fuck that, man. Straight up. <laughs> I'm pulling up. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck that. I'm a shooter. Shoot a shoot. And I hate, that's not cool to me. I don't rock like that. If, if if I'm telling you something, especially as an authority figure, and I feel like it's a better decision for you, just it ain't gonna hurt for you to listen. Do what I say, and if if it ended up being wrong, then I'm in the wrong, and I gotta apologize. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, man, don't be out here exhibiting this mean behavior, thinking that shit cute, because I can go on and on about the ways society has regressed. When when you talk about the fact that we have technology. When I can go into a restaurant and they don't even have to give me a menu, I just got to scan a QR code and I got the menu. Like that is advancements we would have never thought of ten years ago. No, nope. I'm talking about. You know, just saying like it's so much stuff going on right now that we should be proud of as a society because stuff has become so efficient. Stuff has become so much easier that we should be taking advantage of this in a positive way. Not make not letting this make us shittier people. Like literally, John Legend needs to remake this song and call it shittier people. Cause that's all <laughs> I see out here. Man, I'm done, man. I'm getting mad. I'm sick of people. Oh man. Uh check out um Michael was it Michael Che Matters on Netflix. It's a pretty good stand up. Michael Che Matters and Dave Chappelle, eight forty six. Uh yeah, I think that's just on YouTube though. I thought you watched it on his uh, on his Instagram. I mean, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I check it out. Either, either way, you, anyway, you can find it. Check it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I have, that's why we ain't talking about it. So we probably be able to talk about it next time. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Obviously, I know what it's about. Um, oh, I, I think I know what it's about. But um, yeah, like I said, I would watch Waco. I would watch The Five Bloods. Um, I'm about to start watching Dark. Dark season three came out. The thing about that, though, because I watched two things, on, and I'm so scared to click it because I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> These shows are English dubbed when I watch them. You know, everybody knows what English dub means. That means that, the you know, the voice actors come in and dub over it with the English. They have the English voice actors. Because of COVID-19, Netflix, oh, virtue signaling ass, they're saying that they want to keep their voice actors safe. So one of my animes I want to watch, I can't, I don't feel like watching that shit with the subtitles because I'm lazy right now. <laughs> but the thing is, they don't want their voice actors coming into the studio for for COVID-19 reasons. So I'm, I'm so scared that Dark is going to be only in, I believe, um, damn, where is Dark? I think it's Australian. But yeah, I'm so I'm so scared it's gonna be it's gonna be that I'm not gonna be able to watch it. I'm gonna have to wait. But yeah, man, yeah, I'm lazy, man. I still haven't watched Parasite either because I don't feel like watching subtitles. Sue me. Yeah, I'm not the smartest nigga in the room. <laughs> like it's just, it is what it is. They can get lazy sometimes. But shit, man, you got words of advice. I really don't have words of advice, but I just finished um, Maniac. I know you told me to watch it a long time ago and I just finished it and there was one line that kind of stood out and it just kind of 
encompasses my, my week, I guess you could say. He said, life is simple as hell until you bring on a partner. <laughs> Dude, hey, that, that shit that show was that shit was underrated. And I, I, I really I think that that show it was so emo that for some people it may have been hard to watch. Like it may trigger them. And I think some people probably watched it and was like, oh man, I can't finish this. Cause it was like I said, I think it was a hard watch, but I enjoyed it. I think they both acted their asses off. But it was it was an emotional roller coaster. But yeah, yeah. that's that's some real shit, man. That's some real shit. Um shit, I am I'm gonna say what I, I'm gonna say what I've been saying all episode, man. You know, you may not you y'all out there may not think of unity as something that's possible, but if you sitting here thinking that, if you sitting here yelling Black Lives Matter. And you're thinking that that millennials, Gen Zers are going to bring about significant change, meaning black people are going to be more prosperous as they were. Black black people are going to be as prosperous as they was in the early 1900s. Then, you know, if if you got that pipe dream going on, then hey, I feel like you might as well start thinking of unity because I think we're more. I think we're basically at a time in America right now where we're more likely to unify than for us to see black people elevate economically in a way that it benefits all black people across the board. Because I'm telling you right now, if you do your research, you look at the demographics in Detroit, Detroit City, one of the most prosperous cities in America. You do your research on Detroit City. Look at how many blacks out there. Look at the look at the look at the uh, look at the wage gap out there. Look at how they suffering out there. You're gonna realize that uh, you can yell Black Lives Matter all you want, but to the government, Black Lives ain't never gonna matter if they got places like Detroit happening, when they got places like Flint happening. Cause I'm telling you, this little shit that y'all doing right now, I I don't feel like it's gonna bring change to places like like Bayou, Mississippi, Detroit, Michigan, Flint, uh, East St. Louis. Man, I, I don't think them people hearing you. But hey, y'all wanna y'all wanna yell Black Lives Matter, thinking that that shit gonna bring about more change than Martin Luther King? Then hey, so be it. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> hey man, I hope it's a good week in stocks. But other than I, that, <laughs> I can use a recovery. I can use a rebound. But other than that, man. With that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?